friends, how's it going? It's Tiffany Pratt. This is my love jam. I know it's wild to think that I have a podcast all about love, but let me tell you, even though I'm a designer, creative director, creative person, artist, author, TV, whatever, there's absolutely nothing that I've ever done in my life that has been more important than bringing love into everything that I've ever done. And this is a podcast all about that. I have met miraculous, cool, incredible people along the way, and I want to introduce you to some of them. I want to talk to you about my journey. I want to share some of the things that I've learned. And more than anything in the whole world, I don't want you to feel alone. As a creative person, I want us to feel like a powerful community of supportive friends that can turn to each other and know that no matter what, we've got each other's back. So that's what the Love Jam's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's get down in the middle of it. Let's uncover it. Let's see all of its colors. And let's jam. Let's jam about love. That's the love jam. Coco, hey, enough's with the freaking faucet running. Let's do this podcast, okay? Give me me a minute. What are you doing in the kitchen, bro? All right. Well, here, I'm here. I'm just, I was doing the dishes and my hands were soaked and I just, uh, you know, I got the uh, Touch2O technology faucet from Delta Faucets Canada and I just touch it and then it goes off. Oh my God. Are you intrigued? I'm so intrigued. Things are sounding so fancy. Touch and go, baby. You just (laughs) touch it and it does what you want. So, So what, you installed this puppy? Yeah, it's super easy to install. Um, you can, you can hook it up to power or it comes with batteries and you don't have to get your faucet all dirty and the handle all goopy if you're cooking or if you've been in the garden or if you've got stuff in your hand, touch it with any, you know, any part of your arm or your face if you want. Uh, and it what comes on. What about your nose? You could do it with your nose. It comes on and just, you don't have to, you know, squeegee the hand. And not only that, you can leave it at a certain temperature and you touch it. And it comes on at the temperature, and you've got a little LED. Ooh. Yeah, it shows you, you know, from cold to blue to red to, to hot. So you always know what temperature the water's at. It's slick times. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so you're loving it. You're loving your Delta Fossils Canada business. Absolutely. And you know what? Super nice of them. And they even made a point of saying, uh, in the email, you don't have to mention this. You don't have to talk about it on Instagram. We don't expect anything for this. We just wanted to say thank you for doing the Love Jam. Can I just say that's what the Love Jam is all about? That is what the Love Jam is all about. They are pulling the love through with their generosity, not only supporting us for season two, but yeah. my gosh, you know, making the love real. They're not just asking us that's to tout right. a product. They're saying, try it. If you love it, talk about it. Absolutely. Zero ask uh, except to say thank you, which is wonderful. So thanks, guys. Delta Fossils Canada, we love you. You got Coco over here touching and tapping. Boom, in the house, touch and go. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now let's get on with season two of The Love Jam with Tiffany Pratt. Pat's Cross. And then so many people will tell so many other people of other people that you've met, you've got to meet this person that I know because you guys would 
totally love each other and you would have so much in common. Did you hear that? I might have heard that a couple times. Well, I, that's what I heard three times before we actually met. That's true. So all the way from Vancouver, British Columbia, Aaron Bonifero. Woohoo! <laughs> collage, collage. Collage, collage. So um, before and if I don't do this, because I'm so bad at doing like a personal throw, mm. but I want you to tell the peoples before we get started, what is your website? CollageCollage.ca. C-O-L-L-A-G-E, C-O-L-L-A-G-E dot C-A. That's it, yeah. And if you're on the Instagrams? Same, same. Collage, collage. Collage, at the, at collage, collage. At collage, collage. That's it. That's all. Nice okay. and simple. So why I'm throwing that off the top is because we were introduced sort of at a distance yep. by several people. One was a gal I went to high school with. Yep. And then you, the other was a friend of mine that married a very good friend of mine. And both of them knew you. It's true. And both of them said, you got to meet this gal. You, you got to meet, meet this, this girl. You don't, you, I think actually they assumed we knew each other. Don't you know, Tiffany? Don't you know, Aaron? Like that was, have the, you not talked that, to Aaron? Yeah, there was just an know? assumption that folks like you and I just already know each other. <laughs> so I'm going to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Sarah says, you know, it'd be so cool mm-hmm. if you had any extra time and you could just go to see Aaron's space. Just swing by the shop. Just go to her art studio and meet her. Mm-hmm. So, this is how I start all my love jams, which is our love story. It is our love story. So I'm going to bring the peoples back to Toronto, 2008. Okay. When I first happened upon the YYZ, the Toronto, mm-hmm. straight from New York. And I could not get a job, did not want to do anything. Because before I had left New York and Connecticut, I was running an art studio that was not my own. It was run differently than the way I ran Glitter Pie. And it was called Paper, Scissors, Oranges. And I discovered a different part of who I was walking through those doors because at the time I was living in New York City and feeling all fancy and getting weekly blow dries and facials and wearing designer clothes and working in fashion. And then when this opportunity to teach children came to me, I thought, are you kidding me? Teaching kids. So messy. They're so messy. Yeah, Ugh, right. So bananas. This isn't for me. Yeah. And then I remember at the time she had this creaky orange old Victorian door with bells on it. When I walked through and it slammed behind me and I looked around, it was like a part of me took a deep breath and I knew I was exactly where I needed to be. So when I fast forward, moved years later to Toronto, I thought I have to create for myself that deep breath. Mm -hmm. And that was to create a creative environment where people, kids and adults alike of all ages could come and explore art in their own way. And it was called Glitter Pie. And it was great. And so you knew of Glitter Pie. I knew of Glitter Pie because as I was opening my store, one of the people that thought we should meet and somebody else too uh, said, oh, have you checked out this studio? Like I know I grew up in Toronto I moved to Vancouver to go to art school 100 years ago. And, uh, and so while I was formulating things for the store, of course Glitter Pie came up. And so I was bummed to discover that I had missed out on meeting somebody like you, finding that, like you were out in the beaches, I was in the West, 
when I grew up in Toronto, I was in the West. So, I, you know, most of the research I did Toronto-wise was sort of centric to the parts I knew the best. Um, but as soon as I heard about it, I was excited and I looked it up. And I think uh, this is before Instagram-y times and all that stuff. So what did we do before Instagram? I don't know what we did, but I think I, I know that I looked at your actual website. On the interwebs? On the internet. And you, go- and you Googles me? I, I did. I, I did something. I looked it up. Um, and I thought, man, I like, I, yeah, it would be great to talk to this person. And then you were closing, right? Three, yeah, three years later. One way, you were going one way and I was going the other way. And so I took that to heart. I definitely, like, there, there were a lot of um, attempts at environments like that, you know, and you and I both know now um, why they, why they, work and why they don't work and it has nothing to do with hard work and determination and has a lot of other factors at play but I do remember knowing that about you having that mutual friend tell us about that and then thinking that like one day I gotta I gotta gotta find this this girl one day so in case you're wondering listening here today you can turn off the podcast or you can turn it up (laughs) but today we are going to talk about art we are going to talk about children we are going to talk about creativity and we are going to talk about why these three things are so wildly important in the world and not only in the world with families, if you do or don't have kids, but why supporting businesses like this are so important to happiness. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that your Collage Collage Magical Space in Vancouver is happy making. Oh, well, thank you. And That's I go, I go. compliment. Well, it's not because the first time I met you, I... Actually called. I think I called and they made a studio yeah. appointment because yeah. you had open studio time. Open studio for everybody. And I did. Yep. I went in there and I made some pom-poms. You open studioed up a storm. I did. We ran out of glitter that day. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Straight up. You, t- <laughs> you pushed us <laughs> to our glitter limits. Which Collage Collage has a lot less glitter We have flowing. a lot less glitter. We have a lot less glitter. I'm not going to lie. Than Glitter Pie did. We're working on finding, you know, more eco-glittery ways to make it to make it better but we definitely um are a less glitter forward environment i we get it out though in it the special requests i love that you're eco and i was extremely eco but i gave way to much like my pink hair it's like i'm so healthy mm-hmm. and, but i'm gonna dye my hair electric pink yep and i'm so eco but i'm gonna use all the plastic glitter there is oh man it's hard it's a tough one because how what is a world without googly eyes and pipe cleaners you know this it's a tough one it's a tough one especially in the we're art working world. on it we're working on it because i think it's like we have to be more reasonable about what we're doing and the kids are wonderful because they don't have an expectation. If anything, it's uh, it's us grown-ups harboring an expectation or looking for the cues of the things that remind us the most of being creative or the thing the invitations that look the most desirable and colorful. And the wonderful things about kids is that they'll see that in a piece of brown cardboard if it's theirs to cut up and explore. And I think that's part of what you're talking about, about the magic of it. And I think that one of the reasons that you and I um, are so aligned and understand each other so deeply is that it's bigger than this sort of like blanket statement that like all kids are creative and it's so great and let's get messy. There's, there's truth to that, but it's actually extremely powerful and you're missing out on something if you don't cultivate how big that is, how important that is. I always go back to like my art school days and that giving weight to art being a communicator. I want to start this interview there, going to art school. Yeah. Because I think, I always love to give the peoples the seed yeah. of where things come from. Yeah. 
because you know they see you now running Collage Collage in Vancouver, which is this super amazing, beautiful art studio space that is so considered and thoughtful and pro. And I, th- I love knowing where people come from and their stories. So art school. Cool. Is that where it came from? Like, take me to where it comes from. Were well, you six? No, were I was you eating littler. Pipe? Okay, oh, were yeah. you three eating glue? Like, tell- I don't know. Like, I always like to remind parents, especially that come through the store, I wasn't particularly a gifted child when it came to the arts. <laughs> You're not looking at a prodigy that way. Um, it was in me. I have created people in my family, for sure. My parents valued that in me. So it definitely was cult. It wasn't shocking. It was part of me. It was definitely within me. Right. The first clue that it might be something that would carry me through um, into my adult life was being a camp counselor. Worked at a, worked at a summer camp. Uh, preferred the How arts and crafts you? cabin. Started going to the camp when I was like nine or 10. Okay. Um, but was certainly just like loved crafts. Well, you've been to my shop. If you if you come back to the store in the bathroom, when I come a, back, when you come back to the store in the bathroom, in a true place of honor, is my preschool. I saw it. Garden, right? I saw it. Evaluation. I saw it. <laughs> Which pretty much um, writes my future, <laughs> and I <laughs> so wish my parents would have showed that to me during those searching years between 18 and 25 um, because it essentially says that I re- truly enjoy arts and crafts and enjoy- and reading stories to other children as well as being excellent at puppet shows and, uh, you know, using, <laughs> using what's around me. So, you know, I could have saved a lot of time and money if I just kept that report card, report card that kindergarten report card in my back pop- pocket as a... Um, as the roadmap that it it uh, sort of secretly was all those years. So definitely it was something that was in me. But when I was going to camp, um, I found that the Arts and Crafts Cabin was sort of a nice chilled out place Yep. where anybody that was feeling a little more shy or a little awkward could sort of have the time and space to create. And um, it's a place where you can do it solo and, and be go inward a little bit and yeah. also a place where you can share with others. And I loved running that cabin and, and that arts and craft cabin. It was a, it was a, it was a good time. And I don't think I ever considered it could be a real job, but I subsequently spent probably the next 10 years of my life trying to make it my job. <laughs> uh, and I did get called to art school. I did feel drawn to go there. I just tried at regular university and essentially gave up all my, or used up all my um, elective credits in an in the arts, you, you know, use them all up and then had an instructor in that at the University of Calgary, big shout out to University of Calgary, um, who who said, uh, hey, Aaron, I think maybe you would rather be at art school because this seems to be where your passion lies and where you spend all your time and you should honor that. You should go apply to some art schools and get out of here and, you know, really pursue this. Bless the angels that see in us the That's things the that thing. we don't see in ourselves. Exactly. Sometimes the things that are so loud and clear. Yeah, permission you know? to do it. And, you know, I had ner- I was so nervous about that. I had no idea what kind of job that would mean I would get or what does this, you know, pitching the idea to my parents who have always been amazing and supportive. I still just knew that I, I wanted to stand behind what I was doing. And I still wasn't quite sure what I was, what to make of all that. Um, but I did get into Emily Carr and so moved ah. from, so now, so like, t- you know, grew up in Toronto, moved to Alberta, moved to Calgary, and then from Calgary moved to Vancouver to go to Emily Carr. And oh my goodness, what a beautiful experience that was. And the location. Oh gosh. It's like, it, we were spoiled. It was before Vancouver got bananas. We were living in <laughs> nice, dreamy, dreamy expensive. <laughs> 
apartments and going to art school. I mean, what a what a privilege. What a privilege. But it lit me up and you get to be at school with all the other people that were maybe marginalized elsewhere. You know, the the creative kids are sometimes the most misunderstood. The most misunderstood. And and then you were in a whole world of that. And it was overwhelming at times for sure. For sure. Um, but it was a real privilege. I, I learned from amazing people. I, the community that I came up with in my art school years is definitely a big part of the the backbone of what keeps Collage Collage going and, and what forms who the the person I am in Vancouver and what I do. So would you, would you say um, for the peoples mm-hmm. that don't go to art school, haven't gone to art school, maybe will never go to art school? What's your takeaway that you can share with them from having that experience? I think that it is an amazing thing if you get to go pursue an education based on something that you are truly passionate about. Right. I think that things are changing. I think that the world is a different kind of place. Um, But I think that, um, and by that I mean that um, it's more tricky to live as a student in lots of different cities. It, It is more tricky to make that sustainable. Right. But I think that if you can find a way to do it, if you can find a way to really um, exercise that creative voice, uh, we need you. We need we need those voices. We need those people. We need creators and makers and bigger thinkers. The tricky part for art schools for many years was competing with other universities because of what the output was. Right. And understanding how employable creative people are if they can find a way to exercise their skill set and to, yeah, give it better form. I, it's so funny you should say that because when I think of art school and everything you're saying to me and how we do need those thinkers, the first thing I think about, which all of us crafty mothers have, is resourcefulness mm-hmm. and inventiveness. And both of those elements, I think, are so vital to building new types of business. Oh, yeah. And really looking at things from outside the box. Truly. And when, you know, you get into, and, you know, we've all sat in corporate environments. At least I I get hired in as a hired gun from a creative side to go into these corporate environments. And I think that that's often what I end up feeling like I do the most. Yeah. Which is just blowing it up on the other side yeah. and thinking outside the box. And that's what I love the most about where the world is going. Yeah. So artists out there, do not. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't Keep hesitate. But, but that's a big part of why I opened Collage Collage is that I started my path thinking like maybe, maybe teaching, maybe art therapy, maybe, you know, like looking at all these different ways where art intersected with opening people's minds and hearts and, right. and, you know, developing that language. And I was terrified by what was happening in schools across this country. Won't get into it deeply, but arts in education is vital. It is not secondary. It's not something you could do for 30 minutes once a week. It is a, it is a vital part of how young minds connect ideas and put them together and remember things. It's not secondary. It is, it's part of it. It's in it. And we can't, we're not sustaining a system that sees that or encourages that. And I feel like we're losing something so important when children don't get access to those, that way of thinking. You know, this is where, first of all, you need to know my whole body is covered in goosebumps <laughs> because you speak to such a primal part of me yeah, um, and a part of me that hasn't gone away because of what I'm doing, but is still so passionate about this. Yeah. Because having started it in the States and then coming up to Canada and realizing what kids are subjected to in school, the thing that used to blow me 
up inside is that some of the materials I was presenting to them, they'd never seen before. Oh my gosh, it breaks your heart. I used to do an outreach program for an amazing organization in Vancouver where you would come across children who hadn't had access to a paintbrush. Five and six years old hadn't had access to a paintbrush. And basic so things. Just basic things or permission to do so or space to do it in. And this isn't, it doesn't have to be so fancy. It just, it's really simple. It's really simple stuff sometimes just to get it going. But the other thing that I used to find with children not having a regular art experience maybe in the school or in in the home was that because parents weren't so savvy on how to present it or to be involved in it in the home or same with the teachers they would come to it with this very formulaic presentation yeah and that's one thing that I think I learned at paper scissors oranges that I continued at glitter pie and even more so at glitter pie which was that's how the creative spirit shines grows and learns is through pure discovery. Yeah, exploration, process. Now, these days we call it process art. Process, not product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. process of a product. And and I think that the product part is the thing that scares parents at yep. home because they're worried about the outcome. Um, they're worried that they're not presenting it in a way. I mean, that's when we deal with so many things with social media, but, that, but that's when sometimes those output things get so heavily publicized. Crafts for children presented that are made by adults, not by children. You know, like we have to like just... Let's circle back to what the what the awesomeness really looks like. It's it's a bit messier. It's way more open ended, and um, that's that's what that's the important stuff. And and essentially, that's that's the that exercise is what's going to carry a creative person through their most difficult journeys. I've watched you try, get messy, figure it out, grab some materials, be unafraid. That's an amazing trait that you have honed and skill that you have honed because you have a career that lets you go back to it over and over again. There's so many other people doing all different kinds of work that would benefit from breaking it down, getting messy, going through the process and taking the focus away from the product so much so that they can get those ideas out. So that's a, to me, is is just like anything in life. If you want to run 20 kilometers, you got to go out there and you've got to put the shoes on and start little by little, one kilometer, build to five, build to 10. And I always um, tell people that the creative muscle is something that you need to create time for and you need to keep indulging it. Because when you indulge it, your, your muscles get stronger and your fear falls away. Yeah. So at this stage in the podcast, what I would love is just like a couple hot tips Yep. because um, sometimes this sort of stuff will create a bit of a glaze Got it. in a parent's brain. So I want to give the parents, the peoples, anybody some hot tips on how they can bring this magical creative experience home. tips. I like to call this the hot tips. So basic things that I love to have on hand, had at the studio in my home all the time. Basic recyclable materials that are sorted properly, love. Newspapers, egg cartons, basic things that kids can just, and in your case, as a parent or an adult, lay down something on a surface that protects the surface so that children or yourself can go nuts. Yep. Egg cartons, any type of adhesive, so glue, hot glue, whatever's age appropriate, glitter, paint of any color, paint yeah. brushes. And I like to have things readily accessible, yeah. cleaned, organized. And the other thing I love to always recommend is as a parent or an adult, 
if you're creating for yourself or if you're creating a creating creative space for a little one is whatever you're excited about, they're probably going to be just as excited about. Totally. So if you see like grandma's buttons at a, like a flea market or some garage sale and you're jacked up about it, put grandma's buttons in the play space. Yeah. If you've got some weird old paper trimmings or some anything, confetti, whatever that's lighting you up will light them up. And I love having an assortment of stuff around for them to make decisions. Yeah. And you said some really important things there too about how it's presented. So a big messy box of stuff, it's going to look like that once they have get their hands on it, but it's all about the invitation. Yes. So when it looks good, that's a wonderful invitation. It's the same way as like when their toys are, are presented in a way like nobody wants anything that's like janky and broken and gross and the same thing goes for your art supplies and art supplies get a bad rep sometimes because they are a messy thing and they don't need to be agreed they totally don't need to be but all the things you said about the if the materials look desirable to you and really exciting and light something up in you they were likely gonna they're gonna do that for your kids too and i i also like to tell parents especially with smaller spaces it doesn't have to be a big area it can be just a small area on the floor or the kitchen table. None of us have space for an art. I mean, goodness to you if you can have an arts and crafts room. Like, but I know in our space with my two kids, we have a little cupboard. It's in the console that the like where the television is. And one side of that, you slide over, and there's two shoe boxes, and they're full of their invitations for things. And oh. so that way, it's small and it's easy to do, and I replenish it. So it takes the work of the parent is just making sure you're editing through that stuff. So when it gets gross or the or the markers run out or the glue sticks are, have gone dry, so you replace them and, and these sorts of things. And I also keep a stash that they don't see so that I can refresh it from time to time, right? Because you want to make sure that you're keeping it fun. I don't expect you to sit down with them every single time. The invitation can be the materials, but then as a parent, it's nice or a caregiver or whoever is going to engage with them. Prompters are fine. Almost like when you make a meal. I love those little divided trays. I kind of go nuts for like, like a bento box. Bowls. Yeah. And if you can set up even just a few little, you don't put the whole thing out because then they'll dump the whole thing out. So you can manage the expectations and prevent the overwhelm of the child by presenting a few little bits at a time so that they can really explore each and every material, which is something we carry over in our classes at the shop and which is something that I do anytime I'm asked to engage with kids is to really manage how much, same as like when you're serving a meal, to dole it out a little bit at a time so that there's there's space for exploration. I hold back glue for a while because then you can sort of mess around on the table for a bit about exploring different compositions before it all gets glued down the other part of that being be okay with the outcome you know big brown lumps are a really special thing big brown lumps we talk about this at the shop and you and I've talked about it before that's process-based learning learning at its best because a kid especially a kid under the age of six will tell you a thousand things about that big brown lump And when we get to a part where the output is specific with a little blue house with a red roof and a a bird on the side or whatever that might be, that's when it all starts to fall apart. Parents get disappointed. It doesn't look like the example. I can't believe, you know, all these sorts of things. Just in those moments, surrender to the big brown lump and know that that's a really important thing for them. Also, not all art needs to go on the fridge. It's okay. Process-based stuff can be enjoyable to do and so much fun and then get recycled or pulled apart and reused again. It doesn't always have to be a thing. 
You know, I love that you say that because one thing I used to love was when children would come to me with something they had created. Mm -hmm. And most of the things that they had created were completely unidentifiable. And instead of me trying to identify what I saw, my favorite line was, tell me everything. Tell me all about it. I would just lead with that. And to this day, when somebody comes to me with anything, I still have old art teacher Tiffany in my head all the time. And someone would say, and they'll present something to me, and it could be very literal. But instead of me assuming and identifying to them, I let their creative process come to me. And I always say, tell me all about it. Just tell me everything. You got to come and we got to get you like a guest pinch hitting at uh, at at the shop one of these days because you obviously you know it's so strong within you and that's that's one of the biggest things one of the biggest things is like not putting our own labels on what they're doing and asking all those open-ended questions that will actually push a, uh, an art making session even longer yeah when you say things like instead of what is that I love what you're doing with that pink marker tell me more about this yellow stuff over here yeah what else could we use that we haven't tried yet that's the other thing was tell me what you need yeah what else do you do what do yeah. you need that's not on this table that I can give you that's it's gonna okay yeah let's it's blow okay. this okay yeah and to really um honor the abilities that they have in those moments because it, it is fleeting it will end it totally will end and you can extend that time and um really strengthen that that muscle in them by by giving all that space and using that kind of language and it's hard I mean it's hard you got to catch yourself every once in a while from saying oh my gosh that looks like a, a whale wearing a tutu oh my goodness what is or you, you got to backtrack about the gifts yeah make mommy something yeah make daddy something yeah. that stuff just blows me up yeah because it's not about gifts it's not about the creative process to me is an inward journey mm-hmm. and it's something that happens solely within the being of the child. Yeah. And sometimes what needs to come out and what needs to be expressed is not a gift no. for anybody. It's just something that they need to release. Yeah. Or and, we, yeah, we get an understanding of what a good gift is. Right? Yeah. Everybody's getting big brown lumps for Christmas, by the way. And that, which is fantastic. <laughs> so I, I want to bring it back to, because um, I, I used to hear this all the time, and a lot of the patrons, I'm sure, that come to Collage Collage are parents who are not creative, and they want their children to have a creative experience. And that's who I found were my my most, my devotees. Yeah. Because they appreciated that their child was so happy and getting what they needed creatively, but they yeah. weren't creative themselves. Yeah. And so I want to, because, you know, there are adults listening to this. There are adults who <laughs> there have are. children. Great. And listen, I much prefer that you're all six-year-olds listening. Just joking. <laughs> but I think that it's important for us to take off the mask of what we've told ourselves we are. Yeah. As people, as parents, as human beings, that we've told ourselves we're not creative people and we don't know how to do something or we don't know how to facilitate something for our children, whatever it is, or our nieces, our nephews, our neighbors. And one thing I, I always think about is delighting in the experience of what's possible. Yeah. And so I just, I wanted you to talk a little bit about what you've learned from watching parents who aren't creative. Have you seen some transition in them, learning things from you, taking cues, things that parents who aren't creative can kind of get into outside of, you know, creating a great space and a bento box and making sure it's tidy and clean and markers are working and all the things. Like, I just want parents, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, Neighbors, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, all the peoples yep. listening yes. to feel inspired. Yeah. 
Um, I think that it, it, having the beautiful materials around are great. So there's two things going on. In the context of the class, we watch um, parents and children work together on projects. And we have, we're a child-focused place mostly for our classes. So usually we get a parent who might start to get inspired but puts that on their kid. Like, don't do this. To do Like, they can't help their own language. Oh, the head doesn't go there. Wait for right. the You know, this sort yes. of thing. So in the in those cases we try to encourage the parents to sit down beside and or have their own piece of paper and go from there and to, to play around with the materials and sometimes that works and sometimes they're feeling too shy um we are trying to invite more adults into the space to do classes of their own and trying to expand what is considered creative it's really hard to convince adults that they have permission to just mess around but i tell you Time and time again, if we just put a piece of paper out in front of them and some nice-looking drawing materials, every single time the grown-up will pick one of those things up and just mess around a little bit while working in tandem as opposed to on top of, but in tandem with their child. And sometimes those simple acts of mark-making side-by-side, look what mama's doing, look what dad's doing, look what, you know, um, help make it easier, help reignite uh, a feeling of confidence in what they're doing. And it's like all things you do with children. We have to sort of um, be the example of bravery, right? So riding a bike, jumping in the pool, grabbing a paintbrush. These can all be little marks of bravery that we do for our kids. A lot of the reason that I opened the shop was that I was really um, excited about what happened when adults brought children into art galleries. I was able to work for a few different places and spaces over the years, and where I really shone was being able to do programming for families to come into galleries and museums. What I loved about that experience is that adults wouldn't necessarily do it for themselves, but they would do it for their children. So suddenly they have permission to look, to ask questions, because they're going through it with the eyes of their child, often for programs that are meant for families. So suddenly it's like, it's okay to be here. It's okay if you're not sure what's going on. Today's the day to ask questions, take up space, make noise, all those sorts of things. I think there's power in that. Art does not need to be quiet. It doesn't need to be for one kind of person. It doesn't need to be exclusive. It's incredibly inclusive. It's It's a massive language that we could all speak to each other. It is a gateway for more conversations. And so I thought that by opening the space, I could remind everybody that art is there for us to talk to one another. It's a, it's there for us to use as our own tool in our own art making. And it's also there for us to use as a communicator to talk about the things that might be more difficult to talk about, to open up our eyes to other people and places and spaces. And so it sounds so little to just have drawing materials on the table, but it's as though one little thing needs leads to the other, leads to the other. It's, it's miraculous to me how little we need in order to really remember mm-hmm. our little selves. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the sticker roll. You know the sticker roll. Oh my God. My do I know your sticker roll? Meanwhile, sticker I'm, roll, a very, I'm a very heavy patron of your sticker you roll. You are. And, but that sticker roll is there because it takes people back. It takes them back to the thrill of those funny little things. that. Um, well, no, it's, it's the reminders. And I, I think as an adult listening, um, I just, 
I would always delight when I would see especially less classes for me, but more certainly birthday parties when adults and children would work together at Glitter Pie. I would just delight seeing the parents hunker down on small chairs and just get lost in something that their child was also doing or another child was doing and find themselves in discovery, find themselves remembering and to not feel fear that it's okay to get messy. Yeah. You know, it's okay to try. It's okay not to be the best. And I think that's what I discovered the most when I was teaching adults. Yeah. Was that fear. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about when I come to the Coover. Yeah. This as is a do. As I do um, for work. Mm-hmm. And I always build in my Aaron collage collage time. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, um, not every time, but most times now, we've hosted classes. Yeah. Not for kids. Mostly for adults because it's usually the nighttime. So I want to talk about that because I think that that's another thing that I have loved doing with you and to inspire the adults listening as to what's happened. So the most recent workshop we did when I was in Vancouver, was it this past fall? Yeah. Erin had a brilliant idea. She has all this juicy, juicy, juicy crepe paper from a local um, recycling center. Mm-hmm. And we made crepe paper flowers. We did. Oversized. Yep. And how many women were there? Twelve. Twelve women, nighttime, Night crepe times. paper flowers. Yep. So no, many. No, no alcohol. Nope. Um, music bumping. Yep. And I could hear a hum in the room. <laughs> There was a hum in the room. Yeah, it was fun. The scissors were snapping. The peoples were gluing and talking and exploring colors and color mixing and bending the the crepe paper and um, finding new ways to stretch the petals and create new shapes. And they were so happy. They were so happy. <laughs> and it just became prolific. Yeah. Some of these women were like turning out bouquets. They were. Because they were so into it. Yeah. And they allowed themselves to turn off the part of their brain that was thinking so much about the things we're always thinking about and allowed that other part of their brain to just hum and look at color and delight in texture. And that's the one thing that um, I'll always make time for in my life. And it's almost necessary for me is to just throw some stuff on a table and mess around. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, like it's a, it's a big energy. It's we've forgotten how to do that sometimes. And that's why there's, that's why there's two great big tables in the middle of the store. It's a, constant invitation to sit down and make and we choose these crafts as a way to not have people be worried about outcome we choose materials like that's where our our shared professional background aligns where we can set people up for success yes it's not so formulaic that if it's all going to look the same but these really wonderful invitations that will give them something they're proud of and that they're happy about and with materials that will lend themselves best to their success, which is exactly the same thing you can do with your kids, um, but is what we do in the store on a regular basis. And as creatives, I think that's what we're constantly doing in the jobs that we're asked to do, whether it's props for a television show or decoration or decor for a home or a children's class, we're looking for, as this is what we're skilled in. We are looking for materials that will give us the output, that will give us success in the way that, you know, um, everybody else would like to see it as well. The second part of that is giving people the language to understand what that success looks like. And that's the biggest thing. So what you and I were able to do with those gals, all gals? 
You might have had one dude. There was one dude. Um, lucky him. Lucky him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that all those people, all those human people that were making flowers with us, I think um, they just enjoyed, they came to enjoy the process yes. and then delighted in their fun product at the end of it, but that obviously it was much more di- driven. And you, I don't know if you've seen how many photos have come back of people making more and more and more and more. Well, wanted make- to tell you, my friend that came mm-hmm. from Vancouver, she went back with her team where she works and actually did a whole flower making. Of course for, they did. Yes, they of did. Of course they did. And she turned it into a whole thing because it was pre-Halloween. Aww. So then they all ended up making costumes using these crepe paper flower concepts. So good. And what I love is that that simple, what, two, three hours of creating that mm-hmm. night completely inspired a whole other thing for her and her team and multiple other people in her company, which then will perpetuate again from those people. And that's, to me, that's the magic of creating. Totally is that something so simple to you or myself, and I used to think of that all the time, you know, for us working with materials, learning how they are successfully used, learning how people can have great success with combining them. And that's just ain't no thing for us because again, we're flexing that muscle all the time. Yeah. But when you can teach people some basic formulas, it's incredible to see their little eyes light yeah, up. Yeah, because they said, I did it myself. I've done this. I get this. I know how to use this thing. Like it's not, and, and then what I hope is that they will also apply that same confidence to when they have to attack another problem of the same, you know, um, they can do it. They know that they can find the right materials, try and try again. It's okay to fail, all those sorts of things. Because I think too, what we try to do in the shop and what you and I have done in those classes is let them, We've here's what we've come up with. But you also have this like element of it to say, this is open-ended. How about we try this? Yes. That's the skill set that we've, we've, you and I have honed. And I think that that's, if you take it back to the art school conversation, that's the value. That's the big, important part of what artistic, learning will do and say and uh, help create for you is is exercising that muscle thinking outside of the box and being able to really change the way things are perceived to be this is why i want the peoples wherever you are in the world to get on the googles or explore your neighborhood and find small little boutique art studios for your children or yourself and explore the creative process and engage and support that local business doing this magic because in and I'm not pooping on any larger facilities but from a deep 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 loving place in my heart I know exactly how it feels to spend seven days a week living, eating, breathing the creative process and trying to just blow the minds of children and hope that somebody's going to pay me enough to pay the rent to get through that. So anyone listening, if you live in Vancouver or if you don't, I want you to look up Collage Collage and I want you to sign your child up for a class, not only because it supports a small business, but I want you to know that your child will have the extremely privileged opportunity to hang out with such a genius creative like Aaron. Who, well. No, it's true. <laughs> so I want you to dig in about what it's like 
being a creative small business owner, but the stuff that lights you up and because honestly, like I get on your Instagram and I lose my shit. Well, that's Because the stuff that you're making with the kids and yeah. what inspires you as the artist, as the maker, as the mom, as the entrepreneur. Can you like, where do we start? Where do we end? Where do we begin? Oh my gosh. So many places. Uh, the things that light me up are exactly what you see on Instagram. I run my store with a small staff of incredibly creative and amazing people who are artists themselves and who work really hard alongside me. I don't do this alone. It's good for other people to know that. I'm not I'm not alone in this game. I do run the shop. I am I am that I am that alone. Um, so what lights me up is definitely the work of my staff who bring new artists into the mix for me. Mm. We work so hard making sure that we're keeping it fresh with new artists and illustrators and storybooks and um, all the things that same same practices we talked about presenting things to, to your kids that you are excited about, that I am bringing what I'm excited about into the space. So whether that's a, an art exhibit or a new children's book that is so beautifully illustrated or um, a weaving or a way of making pom-poms that is just like making us so very happy. <laughs> You're constantly looking for those sorts of things. And the beautiful thing about my little shop is that it's not limited to the art supplies or the kits that we make or um, any of that. There's also prints and things that other artists are making. So the space is filled. You, you, you can look anywhere and see a different person's creative self being explored and um, celebrated. So that that part is a really big deal. I mean, to this day, sweeping the front of the shop is still my favorite thing because I still can't believe I get to do it. I still can't believe I get to do it. And I'm I'm proud of that. And it is sort of a different thing these days. Brick and mortars are having a hard time. It is tricky. And I worry about what it'll look like if we don't have um, that kind of personality up right. and down our main streets, you know? Well, I also think as a creative, you appreciate creative. So your place becomes a hub. Yeah. As pure support, not only for small children oh, yeah. creating, but other artists trying to do what you're doing too. Yeah. I'm so proud that it, it exists. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that it's on the street and I just hope that we can find a way to make sure it gets out to more and more people. So um, it is a place that all can participate in. I love um, when you respond on Instagram or we talk about something that you said, because that's kind of the, a beautiful upswing of social media is being able to share it. Oh my gosh. Being able to share what's happening. So um, when really awesome things like, you know, the week that for whatever reason, the world loves flamingos right now. And when we make little paper flamingos at the store, it just is a day maker for people far and wide. And I take pride in that. That's I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to know that those sorts, these projects that my staff and I, talk about where can we get something going where the children have enough sort of fine motor skill building going yes. and exploring with really good looking materials while celebrating a really beautiful storybook or sentiment. So what inspires you when you're hitting the streets, when you're waking up, when you're thinking of things that you want to do or just things you want to wear? So if you want to put on your body, yeah. like talk about the things because I love I mean, honestly, every time I see you, you're a feast because <laughs> you're, you're always like, oh, no, ain't no thing. But it's always like this epic necklace, epic Aww, dress, cool sweet. jewelry, cool sunglasses, great shoes, great bag. Just stop. My no, gosh. but, but it, I, I really, I delight in that. And not in, in a like, in a girl like, where'd you get it? I'm more loving curation. Yeah. How we happen upon things. And 
to me, someone like you dresses like someone like me, which is always in support of someone else who's creating things. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, just putting it on, just literally trying to promote yeah. people's work who I love. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a true gift about being a creative person and having a creative community is that you are rich with the b- beautiful ideas of those people around you. And so um, that's, is a very nice compliment. I would throw it right back at you. But I also feel like there's joy there. It's joyful. It's so joyful. that's what you're seeking is you're seeking I think joy. I'm seeking joy. Yep. I'm definitely seeking joy. I'm definitely, I mean, I work in retail, right? So I, I am uh, skilled at smiling <laughs> and I'll do it <laughs> to anybody who walks in the door. And I mean it wholeheartedly. You came into my store. You are welcome here. Thank you for being here. That all comes wholeheartedly. So I meet with strangers on a regular basis. Yep. And I find strangers are easier to talk to if you are wearing a necklace that is, you know, a ceramic face that's also a whistle. It you are an easy person to <laughs> smile at if you are wearing rainbows. Um I think that I do, you know, every once in a while worry that I'm going to go full art art instructor mode and like you know mismatch socks and the whole bit but and if you do I'll love you more I know I know there might have to be some like rainbow intervention at some point but never I do feel like there's joy there there's joy there and I think we have a difficult world we have lots of challenges um so wherever we can bring in that whimsy wherever we can be reminded of things that are beautiful and wherever we can take it back to um those very things we're trying to present to our children on a daily basis, that that's okay. I mean, this could tip to crazy at any moment. To no, like, I love I this. Get that it could, you know, it could go the other way. No, but no, I no. do feel that like, um, you know, you you will, if you, I, we were just talking about Bill Cunningham earlier, um, you will, if you are looking for beauty, you will find it. And so. But that's what's inspiring you. Yeah. And I think that that's what I always think about as a creative person, mm-hmm. the things when I'm trying to um, ideate something new or create something new or do something new is what's the thing that's tipping me there? What's the first domino that's being pushed? Yeah. And I think I love hearing that for you, it's about joy. It's about whimsy and it's about relating potentially to your little self. Oh yeah. That wants to connect with little things that were touched by your friends. Like remember when you, we would make friendship bracelets for each other yeah. and we'd have like arm parties of gimp bracelets yeah. and all that business. Yeah. Like I would delight in the fact that X amount of people made me those bracelets yeah. and I was wearing them all the time. Yeah. And it's the same now as an adult, you know, we're wearing things from artist friends that have created them. And um, if it's not that it's a piece of furniture or a piece of art or a book or something that's in your shop that you've curated. I remember I bought this beautiful, um, clay mask yeah. that you had that show going on. Yeah, we still sell her work. And they're so janky. They're so That's that ceramic necklace. Gotta come get one. <laughs> I want that ceramic necklace. Yeah, get you one. I want it. I'm gonna buy all the things. Yeah. Okay, When we do these podcasts, I sometimes take myself out of my role and I think about the person listening. And I always want this to be about you okay? and how you want the peoples to experience your message. So if you, anyone's just tuning into the podcast right now and we're talking about children, we're talking about creativity, we're talking about art, we're, we're talking about supporting small businesses, we're talking about supporting artists. Um, what do you want 
to tell people? What do you want them to know from your heart about creating, about life, about kids and what's important? Because, you know, I, I got completely diluted for so long in my obsession with children and creating and creating opportunities. And I, I and I'm sure you're the same, but the children don't ever push you. You push yourself yeah. to outdo yourself. Because you could put out the same pipe cleaners and the same things all the time. And they'd just be as equally excited. But as a creative, when you're creatively invested in something, you're always trying to outdo yourself. So I just want you to think about what you would want to share from a creative experience, from maybe even a creative person that's not super creative, that's listening to this going, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like, give me some hoppy, steppy stones. Sure. Give me some thoughts. You know, you can free flow here. Yeah, I think a big part of um, the creative journey towards what is now my store and the, the job that I've built for myself was born of a, a few of the things I've mentioned before, being a camp counselor, um, working for different arts organizations that were kid-based, looking, looking back and discovering that I had all this experience of teaching, why not pursue that? You know, why not, why not let that be the thing? And I think what makes the store unique and what lights me up when I'm doing things for the store or putting it together or straightening the shelves or choosing the things that go on the shelf, choosing the things that go into the classroom, is that there is a beauty all around us in the things that we least expect. So a big part of our shop are children's books. And I feel like children's books are the poor man's art collection because you can pick up a children's storybook, children's storybook, and be exposed to beautiful artwork. And if you're really lucky, followed by an amazing tale. And the poetry that exists within a children's book, for me, is what the world needs more of. Come sit beside me. Let me read this story to you. Let's look at the pictures together. Let's listen to the words. Let's get through this story together and see where it's going to take us. That is the magic of we, what we get to do on a daily basis. And then of those books, art projects occur, parties are built, lesson plans, you know, colors of paint are renamed in honor of characters. I mean, the <laughs> books are really the part of it, not just for being books that sit on a shelf, but in, the books in our store are, they get, they get loved. You know, we have, we put big stickers on the front of them to identify them as store copies. Although you can tell by the dents and the paint and I was going to say know, the paint stains, the, the paint glue, stains, and the glue you know, so like that's why there's like a front end and a back end to the store because we have to, we keep those two things separate, but I'm proud of those books, man. I'm proud of those books. I'm proud of um, the paint stains. I'm proud of all of that. Um, and I think, think that's at the heart of it the sitting together reading a story and watching what unfolds you know i i can't help but think that that's the core of everything yeah of a class yeah of an experience with a friend yeah of an experience with your child mm -hmm. with your neighbor whatever it is is it's the gift of time yeah and the gift of sharing a creative experience. Yeah. And when I think of books and I think of authors writing those books and illustrators illustrating those books, you know, that is so much love that goes into those those things. Oh yeah. And I remember reading to the kids myself and yeah. seeing how each page is just like 
a new treasure for them to discover. Yeah, and, and there's no app for that yet. No. <laughs> it is still a very human oh. um, experience that I think is so, so important. So um, the other part when you talk about small business and actual spaces, picture books are available elsewhere. I, I get that. <laughs> I get that there's um, <laughs> other places that one could sit at a laptop and choose to uh, browse through. But you simply won't get the sitting next to one another and looking through the pages right. um, as storybooks are meant to be. Because right. you just, you can't, that's, there's just nothing else like that. And that's, that's, that truly is where a lot of the things of the store are born. And that truly is um, what makes it all as special as it is. Well, that's what art does. Yeah. Art pulls people together because you're taking that story and you're turning it into a color named after a character, you're turning it into a project, you're turning it into something that brings the story to life and not just from that give and take experience of reading it, but from letting the child then have their own creative release on what they think and how they perceive and really maximizing the creative potential of that journey. And that's what's so magical about you. You're a magical human. Do you understand this? <laughs> well, thanks. I'm obsessed. Yeah. You know I'm obsessed, right? Yeah. Well, right back at you. I, I love you so unbelievably deeply, and this topic is so dear to me. I can see it. Yeah. It's very dear to me because I don't think that this world is even possible to enjoy or has the potential for any kind of love without art. Agreed. Art in all of its forms to me is what makes this world. And Mother Nature started it and we are just perpetuating that beauty. And you're continuing it in your beautiful art studio and you are inspiring young minds. And um, before we do our end up, the things that I love are when children start to grow. Yeah. And then, you know, they're 13 or 14. And they're no longer going to your studio. They're starting to come back. They're and applying they, for jobs. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know what's cool? When students come back and say, I'm going to art school. Oh, man. Yeah. Or parents send you a note and it's 10 years later and their kid is doing something. Well, it's 10 years later now. The shop turns 10 in September and some of those little guys are coming back as 16 and 17-year-olds and it's mind-blowing. And they're thanking you. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of that, yeah. And they're giving you credit for some of the things that they're doing and they're coming back to you for jobs and yeah. they're pursuing things in their life that they probably wouldn't have done if it weren't for you. And so this is the part about art that I think pulls us together is that I know in my experience, you know, it's been a long time since I've taught art to children exclusively, but I still have to this day in my neighborhood where my studio was parents and children alike saying, thank you. Yeah. And I can't even imagine if I was you, <laughs> how deep that well would be of gratitude and love for what you pour into every day, giving love to the community, to parents, to children. So on behalf of all those people. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I mean it. I am so grateful to you and I'm so grateful for the love that you pour into what you do because I know the job mm -hmm. and it is hard and it is arduous. It's emotional and it's very creatively taxing. Um, so if you are out there listening, hug an art teacher. <laughs> yeah. Hug them. Hug, hug any creative person, you know, and, um, 
support small businesses that support children and support creativity and go to exhibits. Yeah. And buy Show up. buy makers things. Ask who made that. Right? Yeah. Let's give some hot tips on the things that we could do to support creatives. Like go to museums. Go, go look at art. Ask about it. Read about it. You know? What about uh, makers on the side of the street doing yeah. let's buy their shawls? Yeah. Check it out. Yep. Hit up a craft fair. Don't be afraid. That person making soaps. Sure. Buy those soaps. <laughs> that little girl who's uh, selling those little janky bracelets she's Hit making. Hit the lemonade stands. Do the things. Support the little makers. It's true. I think support the makers. Be discerning. Ask questions, you know, um, and it, get behind it. You know, get behind it. We. It is easy to do it differently. There is a lot of convenience offered to us through other devices and I just um, hope people still walk around and touch the things and feel the weight and know the difference between quality and not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and see that a color looks completely different when it's not on the screen. And that's important. And your kids need to know that. Grownups need to be reminded. And we won't, um, we won't move forward otherwise. We just won't. I... Um just spent a couple weeks ago, I spent an entire day at the Toronto Outdoor Art Fair mm -hmm. where artists come for days over a course of a weekend and they're selling their art. Yeah. And um, I, they call me their official art love envoy. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally force myself to go booth for booth and talk to the artists and learn about their process, see what they're doing, and in some cases, buy their art. Yeah. And so um, I can't say enough about supporting creative people. Well, that's how it all comes together, right? That's how it all comes together. Call, you know, lifting up those voices and then calling it out of one another. I mean, where I'm, I'm doing the groundwork so that the, the kids can see themselves as makers and doers and hopefully pursue part of that. They'll go do 100,000 different things. I don't expect them all to grow up to be artists purely. I hope that they all grow up with art in mind. And I hope that they all grow up with art on their minds moving forward. So whatever they choose to do, it is a value to them. The same way that open-mindedness and kindness is a value and being a big thinker and being, you know, a person who is aware of the things going on in the world to be able to see those things, big, wide, open eyes, you know? Oh my God, do I know. Yeah, so that's, I think that's the big part of it. And then reminding parents that you can really, you can start there. You can start with these tiny gestures of making and looking and seeing and asking on a regular basis. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I've filled up a space in Vancouver of things that I think are really exciting to ask all those kinds of questions. And then I hope that the storybooks or the kits or the little projects that they make when they come go out into the world and ask those same things and remind us of those, all those same questions. The perpetuation yeah. of that message. Yeah. And that we all take it upon ourselves to make the things that are important to us mm -hmm. an active part of our daily lives. And that's the thing about, um, I love what you said about making that choice because there are sometimes things that are easier. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's not about easy. It's about being true to who we are, our hearts, and the things that have love in them. Yeah. And art and things that are touched with our own two hands are always laced in far more love than anything. So um, you're a mother. You're I a mom. Am. I am. You're a wife. Yep. You're a business owner. Yep. You're a friend. Yep. You're, you have siblings. I do. You have parents. Got a lot of things. Got a we lot are, of things. We are all, but you are a creative love force in this earth. And um, 
I'm so grateful to share you with the people. So I want you to close your eyes now. Okay. And I want to share your spectrum with the peoples. So this is the part of the show where I get you to think of things and then you assign them a color. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. Put both feet on the ground. Let's get some, let's get some good colors here. Okay. When you think about creating with your children, your children, Mm -hmm. not students, what color do you see? Yellow. Why? Uh, They both love it. And they, and I think it's like the bright medium for us. Okay. When you walk through the doors at Collage Collage in the morning and the sun is pouring in and the studio is clean, because God, I know how good that feels. (laughs) (laughs) What color do you see? Um, There's a lot of white, but it's bright, sparkly white because there's so much, you know, bouncing. It's like hologrammy white, sparkly white. It's all the colors. Mm -hmm. And when you're reading to children and you're sparking joy, and you're getting their little wheels turning and you're seeing creative juices flow as you're slowly pouring through a beautifully illustrated and written book, what color is that? Oh, it's like blue skies. I love that. Yeah. And then the last question, because I could ask you these questions because you're so quick. You're so immediate. Sometimes it's colors, time. man. I, I do know, colors man. all day long. You're my people. Colors all day long. Okay. You're getting dressed in the morning and you're putting on a dress that mm-hmm. was handmade by a friend of yours. And your were you around this morning? Right, Dave meets this morning. <laughs> I've been following you. There's a camera following. Got you. it. Okay. And you're putting on a clay necklace on top, mm-hmm. and you're getting ready to seize the day mm-hmm. in this ensemble. Mm-hmm. What color is that? I told you. Oh, God, close your eyes. Think about it. It's pink. Love. It's love. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what this is all about. The love jam. True that. It's all about love. And I only bring people on here that I love. And I love you so tremendously. I fell in love with you for the very second I saw your little face (laughs) and your little eyes and your studio and all the beautiful things that surrounded me from the moment we met to this moment. Right back. And I treasure who you are and what you do and how you spend your days and how you think and how you act. You're a tremendous soul. And I hope anyone in Vancouver that's listening goes to Collage Collage if you didn't otherwise know about it. <laughs> and if, I, if you don't live in Vancouver and you go to Vancouver, I hope you make your way to Collage Collage as I always do. It's one of my favorite hotspots. And, um, and if you can't do either of those things, I hope you support another business like Collage Collage, wherever yeah. you are, to know that this creative force is strong and it's important and it's vital for our lives and our loves. So I love you, Erin. I love you too, Tiffany. Thank you so much for being on The Love Jam. I I loved being here. Thank you for filling my heart with art. I got to end this podcast with a verbal love letter to you, the listener. I wouldn't be sitting in front of this microphone sharing my love and my peoples without you. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in, supporting, commenting, wherever you are. I'm so grateful. If you want more love by way of any other medium from podcast, I'm available at tiffanypratt.com or on Instagram, which is at the Tiffany Pratt. I'm sharing all my love in other ways on those mediums. And more than anything, Delta Faucets Canada, this podcast would not be happening without you. Your support, your encouragement to be here is everything. And Coco, 
the mixing, the mastering, the music, it wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be slick and we wouldn't even have a beautiful place to record if it wasn't for you. This is a village of beautiful people who have made beautiful things happen. And I am humbled and I am grateful. So until next time, friends, thank you for listening. I look forward to having you back. And I'm so grateful that we found each other here. 